Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of With Tamara Gondor. It's me. More importantly, to the incredible everyday innovator conversations that I have every week. And today is going to be no exception. So let me tell you just a little bit about Isla's everyday innovator style before we introduce her on to the show. So Isla is an imaginative instinctual, so very interesting combination. So the imaginative is all about playing in the gaps. Sometimes with imaginatives, like too much data almost weighs them down because they want to explore and create. They're really good in those places where we need different new thinking as opposed to relying on what's been in the past. And then the instinctual side is, think of instinctuals as a more circuitous thinking path. So while most of us are... See A to B to C to D, right? Instinctuals tend to be A to X over to Y, back to A over to L. But what's amazing about instinctuals, and if that's you out there, is that you're incredible at seeing all the dots, but how the patterns and the insights come out of those dots, right? You almost elevate information into insights. So the magic in the imaginative instinctual combination is people like Isla, and if that's you out there, bring novel, connective innovation to the table. So with that said, Isla, welcome to the show. I'm excited to interview you. Tell the world who you are and what you do. Thank you, Tamara. It is uh, being very, uh, you know, I'm excited to be here with you and honored. Uh, I am uh, Isla Annach. I'm the co-founder uh, and CEO and president of Inibo Sciences for actually since the inception. And it is a pioneer in the three-dimensional cell culture field with a groundbreaking uh, innovative approach to treat the heart failure more effectively with personalized uh, manner and cost effectively. And it is the core of the innovation is that we are able to take blood or urine sample from the patient group that is drug is developed for and actually bring those uh, the patients to clinical trial who can most effectively benefit from the drug development. And so that they are, not everybody is in that, not one pill is for millions of heart failure patients approach. And the precision medicine has not been implemented in the heart failure long, long years. And that, that is uh, what uh, we have done. And now we have first uh, drug program after so many years. So that is uh, what I have been leading and putting my heart onto it. Well, first of all, congratulations. That sounds exciting. And I, I just, I mean, I don't even know the, I mean, I barely touch the service on what's happening in the health field and innovation around matching like people and our DNA and how, how we're hardwired, I guess, with the medicine that we take, right? Versus it kind of just being generic, so to speak. Um, I'm curious, Isla, what is it like for you being in a field where you're driving so much innovation, yet at the same time, there's a big system behind it, right? That's been the same for so many years. Like I think healthcare in particular has this weird dynamic of super innovative, but also super stale. Yes, uh, I think that was the right way of saying it because I have faced one of the biggest challenges 
being a pioneer in a field or innovation is a very good feeling maybe, but there is a huge obstacle of a challenge to persuade the industry because uh, they will tell you as they told me and my team, we are ahead of our time. And uh, that was about uh, you know two decades ago when we went to uh, with excitement to investors and the pharma uh, and largest ones and then told them, here is the, our idea. This is my co-founder, scientific partners. We would love to you know, create the human heart, reconstitute it, automate it, and screen the drugs on that rather than animals, because animals are not representative of humans. And the cardiotoxicity will be missed if you do so. And uh, even later, we did that again after 10 years passed. This time they said cell-based technologies, 2D, cells are two-dimensional, not tissue. Tissue is a heart. Uh, and 100,000 of the cells inside is a structure. We can also measure the electromagnetic fields. And uh, that was not available after 10 years for the animals they advocate and then 2D cells. So they keep saying you're ahead of your time. Well, you have to wait, get more data, do this. Animals is sufficient, go away. And that was the challenge. So that all thinking uh, is still there. And it is though it is start opening up because now 3D technology is after 20 years, but being pioneer and keep doing what you are doing and educating the field and your competition is the price you pay when you come that far. And actually Tesla uh, is another great example. Uh, I will admire what he has done. And now people talking about Tesla and Elon Musk is leading Tesla to, to Mars. But what I can say at that time, Tesla was not well appreciated. So that is what it means sometimes to come a bit out of or ahead of your time uh, with innovation. You know, Ayla, there's a couple of things you said here that I think are so important is, uh, it's kind of why I'm smiling. One is, I feel like when people say you're ahead of your time, sometimes it's true, but oftentimes that just means we haven't caught up to you yet. You know, like we're not, we're behind is actually what they're saying, but nobody wants to say that. Um, but you also reminded me, and I think it's a great reminder for all of us everyday innovators that uh, we forget the years of being told no, or it looking crazy or ahead of our time. And you're like, Tesla is a great example of that, right? Because it's kind of, everybody knows Tesla. And we all think about what's happening now, but we forget the years and years and years that went into it before we even accepted it as an idea. Yes, and that is the price of innovator uh, pace sometimes, not all the time, but there are sometimes. And I face that challenge. And also being a woman is, is being a woman is, uh, is also another uh, challenge because they are not used to seeing a woman leader. Although it's changing and I'm very, very, uh, you know, there are, extremely very well diverse expert female leaders has been coming to field and leading but when I started I didn't see role models enough to encourage uh, and that is where uh, I have also seen the second big challenge. Well I'm glad you're a role model out there I think the more of us that are doing it the more we get to emulate it for other people right so what is a recent win or something that you're proud of? Uh, actually, the, the exact same team. Uh, I have lost my father to heart failure uh, at age 53 when I was a very young uh, lady. Uh, 
just coming to the journey of life. And heart failure is still the number one cause of the death, uh, despite the pandemic, pandemic that is the COVID happening. Still, uh, we have so little innovative solutions, and 2% of the investment still only goes to heart failure, while the majority of rest of the investment goes to cancer and other diseases. So it is not well invested. Also, people are giving up for the, the difficulty of heart failure drug development and cost of it, which shouldn't be that way with the new technologies like ours. And I am, uh, I consider ourselves, and I'm very proud of with my team, that as an innovator, we took risk, risk of career, risk of people's making fun of us, saying that you are ahead of time, go get, you know, wait for your time. We committed to advance the society, advance the health, and we believe that that is a good thing to spend our time and life force to this. So I am proud of that because right now we have made it happen what we uh, intended to. But I think if there is one thing to be proud of, I didn't quit. I didn't give up. No matter what they say to me, you cannot do it. You're not qualified. That is that is that. And I said, but my father died from this. Others should not. And I will set myself for this. And that is the power of intent that I am proud of. So that's a really powerful message. And I'm curious. Oh, I consider myself a fairly passionate person about what I do, but I have my lulls as well. You know, I have my moments. And especially when other people are bombarding you with like, you're not qualified, you don't know what you're doing, this is different, right? What, do you, what did you do or what does your, even your team do to help push through those times that you're not getting the wins necessarily, but you know you want to keep moving forward? I think the most important thing to be positive and to believe in the spirit of what you're doing in your heart. And it, it's not just you, you have a team, you're leading, you're the leader. And if you, your heart dies and you sink in on the negativity and self-pity and say, what do I have done? And then believe in that uh, talking of your head, you can't lead effectively. So the, we have to continue and we have to keep in high spirit because we are moving the mission we have. And so it is not just like even you pay someone to do this innovation. It is very difficult for the person to do if they cannot believe if they don't uh, have the faith in this, what they are doing and the passion for it. So that's why many things fails or they quit too early. And uh, we keep innovating, bettering, because we were not doing to impress anybody, to get a fame out of it. So you were doing that. It's still there is an admit need, still number one killer. 20 years past, you don't have an innovation. You don't invest enough. So I see these things. The result will not be different than my father died without a drug. And, uh, and there is no solution. 50-50, both men and women will go to their path. So you just uh, produce the data, strong data. You commit. You see the competition coming. That means you're educating. Because when you're alone and trying to say this is new, no one believing. But now competition coming. They are invested. Oh, there's money in that. Oh, they did it. It's validation. Let's go and get that pie. And so that is also good or bad. Some people will say that maybe not good for you. But for me, I have achieved the intent, the goal, that the, the arrow that has to go in. And it set the motion, the others in. Now. So we bring others. 
with us or with the industry feeling and seeing what's happening and with strong data and science in the field. So it is not so easy. And you, as I said, everybody's heart belongs to themselves and every innovator. They have to refuel that vision and not the light from the heart to be extinguished by somebody just smash it, especially when it is in the beginning. And of course, a team of believers, team of board of advisors, diverse people, both financial and elders, when you fall down, sometimes they pick you up saying that child, you know, big pick up, you did it. Just keep, you know, dust yourself and move again and you will do it. Just keep going. And that sometimes helps or my, you know, dreams of I've seen my father saying that, just go for it. And that is all I think I can say. It is a little bit, as you said, instinctive and imaginative. And you are bringing that imagination. If you die, the imagination may go away. Yeah. So there's two things I just want to highlight that I think are so powerful about what you said. First of all, you said don't sink into the negativity. And I just love the way you said that because I think that's how it feels, right? It's almost like you succumb to it versus like, and you can feel it. You can feel it happening when your, when your mental chatter starts to shift from positive to negative and how important it is to not let yourself go there. And I, I will, like in a lot of different places in my work and in my life, I find like I can feel it starting and then I'm like, don't do it tomorrow. Don't let that happen. You know, I have to, and then I have to fill that void with something more optimistic or opportunistic. Um, so I love the way you said that. The second thing I just want to highlight real quickly is you said about the competition coming in was actually you kind of said it as a good thing. And I think that's really important for us to really remember is that I think um, when you start to see people copy you a little bit or a little bit of competition or the space starts to open up, if you look at it the right way, I think you can actually leverage the competition to do more and to go further versus let it just kind of like be a problem that you now have to deal with. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't fight them off, right? Of course, absolutely. But actually sometimes, right? I think what I heard you say is competition can actually be a good thing because it means there's more money, more interest, more opportunity, more people, right? There's, there's positive out of it. Yes, and drugs are expensive to develop. So even heart failure has so much of a need for innovation. There are so many different, because it precisely the precision medicine approach is required. You and I have a heart failure from genetic base, maybe, and lifestyle, and we are different. Uh, our brothers and husbands and children are different, and their conditions are different. So if we don't have multiple drugs innovative, and one platform we have maybe opening the way, but they have to come up with the drugs out of it. The children of platform has to develop. So more competition. It may be not as exactly good for us, I can understand, but this is why we intended that the power of, we wanted to bring that to the field, open the mind, is the maybe the, the what we achieve the most and the other drugs will come out of this because we are small still, we can't do all. And uh, that is why you have to accept sometimes the higher, higher divine <laughs> call of the people and how that settles, you cannot control how. No, I just, I love the the way you're coming out this island, the way, I think it's so powerful, the way you're talking about being connected to something bigger. And it makes me really want to think about, 
Um, you know what? I, I mean, I, I think I'm pretty clear on the impact we're trying to make, right? We want to, our whole goal is to unleash 1 million everyday innovators into the world. So I think if more of us came from a place of innovation, right, we'd solve our problems, we'd find new opportunities, we'd have more joy in our lives, like we could all be the rising tide together. Um, but it really reminds me to stay connected to that and not to get down in the weeds of, I don't know, some of the day-to-day, -day. not those things don't have to get done, but you know what I mean? Like it's, I think what you're saying to me is so powerful in the being connected to the greater impact. So when those things happen, like competition coming in, I can see it maybe as beneficial, but also how to manage it because I'm seeing it as part of the greater impact, not just the small, my small piece of the pie, right? Like there's a bigger pie happening. I love that. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. So let me ask you, what's the story of a time that you drove innovation or thought differently to achieve a goal? Uh, that is probably that I can say, uh, for example, when the platform has been developed and the university asked me to put together a business plan and they said, how are we going to make money? And they didn't care about what innovation's greatness is that they said, tell me about how you're going to make money, how much, how much investors you will get. So we should, you know, protect the patents and stuff. And it was very important to get the patent at that time. And we didn't have enough funding. So we get that patent from by the support of the university and uh, their resources. And that was very critical, set the global stage. But what we had to do, I have to do what is uh, expected. This traditional business plan, 
and traditional way of how to show how to make money and also show them even for like cosmetic area because you you may have a heart failure intense a higher call but these tissues can be screened for the developing the skin uh, you know a collagen because this mechanical property for the heart pumps and the skin's wrinkling the same thing so to showing them how we make money, I think our, uh, one of the cosmetic companies today I can release that was the uh, Avida that time, L'Oreal now. And we, we tested their, uh, you know, the drug, I'm not a drug, but the hair dye and on the te technology. So those things, I think to make the creatively piece of innovation to give away while you are still working the larger one, which requires more money, more time, more validation, and the team didn't like the idea, oh, like cosmetics, NIH doesn't like that. And NIH certainly is not doing it for cosmetics. But you can bring money, boost the cash flow, keep it alive by giving away something that is creative and necessary and still affecting a human skin. I mean, it is toxic. And if you can figure out not to do that toxically, it's a good thing. So I think... They went along and they offered and licensed that part of the you know project or the you know, giveaway as a service. And that is, I think, I consider as also innovative because it's so different aspect of the same innovation and use of the same yeah. innovation. So here's what I'm absolutely loving about this story too, by the way, is not only is it an innovative approach of like, okay, we need to focus on this longer thing, so we need some short-term wins, right, that keep us going. But I to me, I love it because it really highlights the importance of your end goal sometimes requires some short-term changing changes in how you do things. And that there's a short-term and a long-term play when you're trying to drive new ideas out into the world, whether that is inside your organization or like out into the marketplace or with clients or with customers, however you're doing it. To remember that sometimes you've got to think about what can I do short term to get a yes, to get to my long term yes that I'm really going after. But we forget that, I think. I think we get so focused and rightfully so on the big thing we're going after that we forget. And then we get discouraged, right? Because it takes too long. There's a lot of obstacles. There's obstacles we didn't anticipate. But if we remember like, hey, this little short term thing that I got to do is actually going to help me with the long term, we can actually get there faster. Correct. And I think it's also important uh, to do it uh, practically. Mm, what do you mean? Uh, means that sometimes if you have a too long of a goal, too far fetched in the future, you invested time. It's just an imagination dream for many people. You will be called as a dreamer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice things. But, you know, we need a practical today. So you have to develop the prototype prototype of piece of parts that works, prototype of application, um, the other children of this technology that is useful may not be the like uh, highest goal of heart failure, but there are other things you can cure. There are other things you can give away. And so, and it makes money profitable and you will have the cash flow. That means you cannot just keep spending money of, uh, I don't have any investor dollars at that time, but if you did, you will bankrupt and it will be disaster. So you create from customers, you get boost that cash flow very effectively. Keep doing it, keep doing it to the higher build and keep building that with your team. That is the practical part 
that needs to be done. Otherwise, it gets too uh, theoretical, too divinely up there, angelic something that, <laughs> that people won't relate and concept, especially financial world, and that will be a loss too. So, yes, yes, and yes, and I think that kind of we think of practical and innovative as mutually exclusive but they're not. They're actually two pieces of a puzzle that fit really, really well together. So I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you said that. I want to flip it for a second and ask you, what's a challenge you faced and how have you overcome it? I think the, the biggest challenge is the investors not uh, a, you know, used to see a female biotech leader. And uh, as the money, you know, smaller money was fine, we were getting, but as the money getting bigger and bigger, they would like to see uh, someone has done uh, this before. Someone uh, did it before. Well, you can find someone has done it before if it's innovative and you're a pioneer. And unless you create your competition and then you can say, look, now my competition is doing and they invested 10 million. How about us? We are telling you. And so that is, uh, that is a little funny sometimes, ironic, but I can understand. And so sometimes you might need to hire with their funding someone that they are used to, they are more comfortable and then they may come in and then do it. But that is what I have to change, uh, that I shouldn't be the one always doing it. There must be others to come. If The part is that it has to be a structure, a strong structure to nurture it. And you have to integrate others' ideas into that. And that challenge of being fear of others will come and take it away, turn into how can I integrate that but of course, differentiate at the same time because there are naysayers, there are people who comes in rather than trying to make that happen. They wanted to extinguish it while they are in trying to help you. They want like, see, I told you so. That won't happen. And um, but there are others who knows what you're doing, and so they are greater than your experience. They have done that, and they tell you, okay, you need to think about this one. Can you add this one? Then it becomes stronger and better even than you, the way you were thinking. But you have to be lucky enough to attract them on time because um, they may not come at all the time. So they come naturally and, and you have no control sometimes who will come. And that's why I think the challenge is to differentiate who is there to really helping you and who is there. They are there to just uh, pull you down. And so that is the challenge. Because even you have that gut, the team, the board, they may have opposition and the money pressures. And that is why it is um, a constant, I think every day, a challenge. And it is not something like you do it once a year or uh, just twice. And that is lifetime of the leadership that you are in. It is a challenge. You know, it took me um, a long time in my career to realize or to distinguish between the, the people who were challenging to make the idea stronger and who were challenging to pull the idea down. And uh, it, it took a lot to kind of figure that out because I think sometimes the mistake that we make is we run away from people who challenge. We expect everyone to say yes and, right, everything's great. But that doesn't help us get stronger, actually, or the business gets stronger or work gets stronger. We actually need diverse thinking and different everyday innovators and challenge. Right? We need challenging. 
We really do. But it took me a little bit to figure out the difference between the two for sure. And I think sometimes I used to see people who challenge is always trying to bring it down. But what I hear you saying and kind of what's been my experience is actually that's not true, but you got to find the right people who are trying to lift it up. And I think I want to add one thing. Some innovation are to bring the idea, some innovation to execute that idea. And, and there is an innovation in both. So there are individuals who are very good at the idea, but there are some, they, they take the idea and execute it. And to do both at all the time can be challenged. So you may need to attract others with that innovative thinking at the time of the need. So that is why I think you have to be open to new possibilities, especially when the funding is really, you need that funding. You need others to come in. And uh, so that change all the time. And I think that we shouldn't forget the execution is required as much as they come up with the idea and the management of between. I'm 100% with you on that. And I think we minimize how much innovation can happen after the idea has been created and it's being implemented, distributed, packaged, marketing, sold, like all those areas are ripe for innovation. And I will tell you, I love, I'm a great activator. Like I'm great at idea. I am great at that. I suck at execution. Like it is not my strong point. I can do it when I have to, don't get me wrong. Like, look, we've all like, you know, been at startup phase where you're doing everything as the president of the company. But I, I've learned the hard way that I need those people around me who are executors and they are brilliant innovators too. They just do it in the place that I don't do it. Like I tend to be better here and they're better here. Because of that, we make a great team. But man, do I need those people. So I'm glad that you mentioned that the innovation's everywhere because that leads me to my next question, which is, what does it mean to you to be an everyday innovator? Uh, I think that is you have to, it's a critical success of the business, small or large, to be an everyday innovator because it has to be part of you. Uh, it's just not that, oh, you can with an idea and now you're done. And no, that idea has to be shaped, challenged, change, uh, or the smaller ideas need to come and put onto a waiting line for the time that you are developing that. And so it has to, by the way, also, you remember you are fueled by solving that human problem that is a real problem, societal problem. And that really passions inside because you are doing it from the heart saying, I am really contributing. And when you do that, the your thoughts are inspired daily by creativity, belief, and then you have to take action. The action has to be small steps, not big, large steps, small steps, consistent. And it's daily. And now you have to keep looking for possibilities. Oh, it didn't work today. Okay, fine. And how can I, how can I do this? And what do I do next? What do I do next? Okay, this doesn't work. Okay, where do I go? What did I do right here? How can I change that? And look at the goal from different perspective. What is my goal? Like to be a billionaire and suddenly, or to make this happen? And if my goal is to make this happen, how it looks like for me, how it happiness and success looks like for me. And for my team, what they want to feel about the science. And then the also the you are uh, taking the others to the right daily. The team change. I mean, I have been doing this more than 21 years. So the 
Our core team is committed, but there are others, the board members, the supporters, investors, customers, they change. And as they change, they come and go and they contribute something. They, they help something. They take something. And that is why I think um, to generate ideas ongoing base is the daily piece of the success. Innovation that has not been changed, improved, or keep being alive as a team is, is going to be doomed to die. It will disappear. So that's why it is uh, part of the team, part of the human that, who is leading that uh, to be successful and to really create a value to the society. So innovation doesn't have a value. It's not meaningful for the society. Well, meaning, I, I think meaning and innovation should go hand in hand. Otherwise, you're just doing it to for innovation's sake, right? And that's no, that doesn't do anything. I, I, it's such a great, what I appreciate about your answer is how holistic it really is. You know, it's like, okay, what are we trying to do? What are we, what's our real goal here? How does it f- make us feel? How do we connect that to the heart? Like, I, I think sometimes, particularly in work, we overlook how important those things are. And whether you work at a soda company, make sticky notes, or, you know, work on heart failure, like, you know, Whatever it is, there's meaning in it. You just have to figure it out. Because I'm going to tell you right now, people 3M, if you make sticky notes, like you allow people like us to do what we do and bring more ideas to the world. So like, I think, I think it's a matter of no matter what you do, it's there, but you have to spend some time to connect to it. Um, what is, as an imaginative instinctual, what advice do you have for other everyday innovators out there who are looking to do what you're doing and, and make a difference in the world? I think, uh, I believe, while true passion to create something useful to serve an unmet need only comes from a really divine source, a source that is connected to the human, and but it requires a strong yet flexible structure uh, and discipline to nurture and consistently tending the details. So you can't just say, I'm here, but details are not important. There are so much there, and you have to keep consistently looking to that and leadership strongly needs to be there to do, to lead the diverse team and collaborators and could be global it could be uh, diverse backgrounds and genders anything but also you have to understand it will take time it will take effort commitment like a marriage through, through marriage i mean anything that beautiful even a sculpture Leonardo da Vinci didn't do something like overnight and then say, hey, you know, David is that here. He has been working on that and truly creating from that rock the beauty out there. And so you still have to follow your intuition. Uh, you still need to test your ideas when it is challenged, saying that, wait a second, okay, this is an opposition. Fine. Test it. Say the you know cons and pros with your intuition, saying that, how can I respond to that? I need to know the challenger's view. So you have to be seeing from that perspective and also incorporate something. So it is not like mine, my ego, it's my idea. I can't, I'm the big, that is not no longer, you dissolve, it becomes a collective idea, collective win at the end. And you might make the name or not, but it is most important that you initiate to ignite that spark and it starts rolling the that uh, you know the moment so if you stop if you don't believe in yourself 
if any moment you say I was wrong, my heart is wrong, I'm not going to do too difficult. Oh, I have much easier things in the life. I can make easier, safe, safe decisions because this is not safe, by the way. This is no matter, no way is safe. This is very risky for your career. This is very risky for your family, everything else. And you have to adjust to that um, thinking. And that is why I think uh, be strong, don't give up. And you are the only champion of your own idea. Bring others and don't be isolating yourself. But sometimes you might need to, but you cannot be doing it alone. And this is not something, bigger ideas, bigger visions is belong to society. It is not yours anymore, but you are the champion. So you cannot just give up and quit too early. You know, I can't tell you the number of ideas, both internally inside a company and externally from an entrepreneur that have died because ego took over and they didn't want to share it. They didn't want to tell anyone. They didn't want to accept feedback or challenges. Um, God forbid somebody called their baby ugly, right? You know, it's just, it's amazing. I think what you were just saying about like, look for those views you know, don't let the ego take over. I think that's so important. And I'm just, I got to tell you, I, I'm so appreciating this blend of like, you're so, you're so heart-based on one hand. You know, on the other hand, you're so science-based and I love the mix and data-based, right? And I just, I really like how the two come together. And I was saying earlier how practical and innovation and innovative are not mutually excuse, exclusive. I think data and like, heart-based or intuition are not mutually exclusive either. I think actually they come together really well. And I think you're, you know, you're showing that. Yes, but it is impossible to lead a, a very brilliant, innovative scientist who is expert, well-known, well-acclaimed, uh, without understanding the sign, they will not respect you. So you have to learn. I mean, there's no way. You have to dig your hands and elbows and go and learn what, what you thought you will not need maybe. And then they will under, they will appreciate your knowledge, your effort. After you prove them, you understood what they are doing. Then they will come forward to be open, brainstorm with you. Uh, if they don't respect your technical expertise, so it is not a, because those men won't move. <laughs> you can just say, "Great ideas, we're going to do this." They are like, "Okay, great." So oh, we don't we have to have a data science, and that is why. I think they help me, my team, move me, be a different person than I had one inspirational, imaginative. I have to keep that part for them, but I have to come forward to what they want to hear so that they can relate and then they can share things with me and trust me that I will do the right thing. And uh, th that is why I think there's no other way to be uh, it has to be harmonized, balanced someplace. This is too dangerous. This is too dangerous alone. It has to be in the middle someplace. I, the, the big aha for me and what you're saying here uh, that I, I work really hard on is to meet people where they, where they are. And if you can meet people where they are, you can also move them forward with you as well. So I, we are, I, I can't believe we're at the end here, but what's one thing we'd be surprised to learn about you? Uh, well, I am uh, also imaginative, so I like dancing, ballroom dancing, ah. and playing piano that harmonizes me when it is very structured environment you are working, and it frees my soul to imagine, because when you dance, you move with the life force, and you're free. 
and then you can keep doing that uh, and keep igniting the fire with the music uh, inside and bring it out. You know, it's so funny that you say that because it's wonderful. And I say, I, I got out of the habit of listening to music. Life got in the way, too busy, too this, too that. And then I just started playing it again when I was cooking dinner. And it just made me so much happier listening to music. Like I just, you are so right. It just frees your soul. And it just, we shouldn't get away from it. It's just like the rhythm of our hearts, you know? So exactly. yeah, Isla, thank you so much for joining me today. Good luck in your venture and in the impact you're trying to make in the world. I know you're going to be incredibly successful and I appreciate and are successful and I appreciate you sharing it with us. Thank you very much. And being, uh, being here, being with you and you are leading the innovation and teaching others how to be. I appreciate you and thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.